Hello, listeners. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Adam Wisniewski from Breakfast, Life, and Dinner. I really enjoyed talking with Adam, and I hope you enjoy listening to the rest of our conversation. So I was wondering if you wanted to switch gears a little bit and we could uh, do, we were talking about doing a speed round of something. Speed round sounds fun. Okay. I have some good Um, ones here. um, But yeah, if you want to throw, if you want to throw, tell me what you have in mind for a speed round. Okay. So I have a couple different groupings of things. So that I was thinking I would throw at you how you would put those ones together. Um, or I could just tell you, I have a list of about 10 different ingredients that I need to use up. Um, so it's yeah. up to you. Um, well, go ahead and throw me your groups. Uh, yeah, if you put something, I'm going to, uh, I, I will be interested to see how you group things. So this is a little mini chopped episode, huh? All right. Yeah. Okay. So my first one I have is half a pound of ground beef. Um, and I think it's uh, a fattier uh, mix. Mm-hmm. Half a head of cauliflower and about four ounces of feta. Oh, interesting. Um, so ground beef and cauliflower. Um, uh, so one of the things that I do is uh, when I cook the ground beef, I might use the so people will say, well, drain the fat off. I'm like, no, that's good cooking oil right there. So um, even if I weren't going to use them together, my first thought is once I've cooked the ground beef uh, and set it aside, I'm going to sear the cauliflower in the ground beef oil, the fat mm-hmm. that's left over, right? And so a lot of times I won't salt the or season the meat first because I want to, you know, maybe I'm making two different dishes. But uh, for this, I mean, um, I would, uh, the first thing that hops into my mind is uh, what I would call a goulash. Uh, grew up, you know, if you cook that ground beef, throw in a, a good amount of paprika, um, a little crushed tomatoes. Um, so what I would do is I would cook the ground beef, pull that out, sear the cauliflower brown and slightly soft into that uh, ground beef fat. And then I would set that aside, put the ground beef back in with some onions, uh, paprika, a little um, crushed tomato, salt and pepper, maybe a little mustard, or mustard powder, and then add the cauliflower, and then uh, sprinkle liberally with feta to serve as a um, uh, Hungarian-style or Hungarian-inspired uh, goulash dish. Yeah, that sounds like something that we would totally eat. And I always have like crushed tomatoes, canned tomatoes on hand. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, that's some, that's one of those things like a staple pantry ingredient that can be used in so many different cuisines. Like, you know, so you, can, true. you can use it in Vietnamese cooking. You can use it in Indian cooking. You can use it in Italian cooking, Hungarian cooking. It's one of those just extremely versatile ingredients. And, yeah. and, unless, and I would even it's, go to, it's less it's summer. You don't really want to be buying fresh tomatoes. Personally. Yeah, yeah no. I, I've kind of given up on, um, if I'm not getting tomatoes from the farmer's market, then I'm not really going to get tomatoes no matter what time of year. But I go through cherry tomatoes like they're candy because mm-hmm. they're candy. They're so sweet. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, they have a consistency that is pleasurable uh, and, can, you know, and they are consistent. 
in their consistency. If I buy cherry tomatoes, I know what they're going to be like yeah. inside and outside. Whereas I buy a hothouse tomato or an organic tomato at the grocery store and it's hit or miss. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But to your point about the pantry stocking, that is one of the things I teach because a successful Thursday night dinner that you haven't prepped for starts by opening the pantry and saying, how, you know, what three things am I going to, and tomatoes or tomato sauces. I can go so far as I buy all three sizes of the tomato sauce and the crushed tomatoes in two sizes, because it depends on, do I want a little bit of tomato in this or am I going all out making spaghetti sauce? So, yeah. you know, um, and I, I keep two sizes of cans of mushrooms around, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe I just want to add mushrooms a little bit, or maybe I'm making a mushroom dish. And so that, you know, I, I, my pantry is filled uh, with many different options so that I'm able to do things like, you know, pull together a meal. Yeah. One thing that I also learned is that if I'm, I've run out of tomato sauce, but if I have tomato paste, I have tomato sauce. Right. Right. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, but I've also learned to buy the tomato paste in the tube. For me, that just works better than doing the cans because I never need that much tomato paste at a time. I so. do the same exact thing. I just, yeah. I just taught a class on stews locally. And that's one of the things that I said is, you know, discover the tube of tomato paste because you can rescue yourself from this. Even those little cans, I take one tablespoon out for my recipe and I've got 10, 11 tablespoons yeah. left even in that little can. Yeah. All right, my next one up is Chinese cured sausages, shaved Brussels sprouts, and leftover rice. Okay, um, so uh, in my cabinets, I have uh, cans of straw mushrooms, water chestnuts, and bamboo shoots all the time. So when you said uh, Chinese style sausages, I thought, well, I mean, you could very simply just, like we talked about earlier, if you've got rice, got Brussels sprouts, if you're gonna make some sort of Asian sauce, throw, um, cause I'm always looking for a texture difference, right? So you've got the Brussels sprouts, I would uh, um, steam or braise those till they're soft and then roast them so they have a little bit of char on it. And then just open a can of water chestnuts and that crunchy water chestnut and the roasted flavor from the Brussels, uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of a, soy sauce or teriyaki or uh, uh, oyster sauce, hoisin, whatever you've got. So I open my fridge and I look on the shelf with the sauces and I say, what sauce needs to get used up? And again, yep. everything that, you know, the older it is, the closer it is to the handle of the door, huh. right? And the newer it is, the closer it is to the hinge. So the things that are outside are the things that need to get used up most. So I look and I say, all right, well, the hoisin is farther to the door than the oyster. So I'm going to sear the Brussels, add the water chestnut, warm up the sausage and rice, and I'm going to top it with whatever Asian sauce that I have or have made. And then I'm just going to put that into and call it a Asian inspired rice bowl and eat it. And then if I were doing it for someone else, if I were trying to show off, I would grate some carrot mm -hmm. on top just before serving because the visual, I always say, your dish needs some green. And if it's already got green, it needs some red, right? So um, a little grated carrot would really um, 
pump up the visual on yeah. that dish and people will be like, oh, it's the leftover Brussels. Or they're going to be like, oh, you put together some sort of neat stir fry bowl. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. And we, we try to we try to have the perspective of we would try to make our plates as colorful as possible. There you go. Yeah. So right. um, eat the rainbow. Yeah. yeah. Even um, sprinkle. And I'll tell you to, to, to sprinkle a little sesame seeds on there. Mm-hmm. Also a very nice visual. And uh, to go back to our earlier discussion, whatever fresh herbs you have left. Yeah. in the, If you've got cilantro or you've got parsley uh, for an Asian dish put them in there. You know, um, if you're, if, if, you know, look in the left side of the fridge and say, you know, here's some fresh herbs that I got to use up, throw them into every dish that you're making. Yeah. Nice. Okay. This one is actually just one singular ingredient that I had actually forgotten about. Um, I have a half of a gallon of roasted pumpkin in my freezer. I saw that. (laughs) Um, That's a, a half a gallon, huh? So I got it from, we, this year we had a Jaradale pumpkin and, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the big gray pumpkins. Yes. Okay. Okay. If you're going to want to make anything from fresh pumpkin, that's the pumpkin to get. It is very dense and it has very good flesh for making things with fresh pumpkin. The thing is, is that ours was 28 pounds. Oh my Lord. That's amazing. I had an entire, almost an entire freezer full of pumpkin. Um, right. And this is the last of it. So we don't eat pumpkin pie. So okay. that is uh, kind of out. Um, so what would you do with that much pumpkin? Or what would you I'm do with some of that pumpkin? So uh, the first thing I would do is chili. Um, so you take a ground beef and red bean chili. And, you know, I'm going to start a fight in Texas saying beans. But you could take a bean stew uh, or ground beef stew with beans and add a couple of scoops of, you know, uh, a cup or two of pumpkin in there. And it's a mild enough flavor uh, that it's not going to overpower. And you're going to sneak some vegetables into the dish that is mostly protein. Um, so I would use some of the pumpkin to help make the, uh, and the mouthfeel of the pumpkin mm-hmm. is going to help thicken up the um, the flavor and the the way that the uh, the, the mouthfeel for the chili works because uh, you're going to have that denser, thicker, slippier, slipperier, um, yes. you know, than, than what would be for the tomatoes alone. Um, yeah. Second thing, I would just make it, just take scoops of it, add a little cream, cook it up with some leftover dill, and then serve it as a sauce yep. um, on pasta. Um, but there's another way to use up the fresh herbs is whatever fresh herbs you have, let that steer you. Like you, any of the fresh herbs that you find in a major grocery store, you could add to a pumpkin cream sauce and then let that guide you towards whatever it is that you're going to use it on. If you're going to use dill, serve it with salmon. If you're going to use basil, serve it with pasta. If you're going to use cilantro, serve it with um, uh, a curry sauce. You know, a little, you know, so that's, that's how I use things up is I let the, um, the ingredients tell me where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And the ingredients have come from, you know, the season or what was on sale or, you know, what do I have leftovers for? So, yeah. So let's see, chili, um, curry sauce, soup. Um, uh, we make pumpkin cake from where, uh, a loaf of sweet pumpkin bread. So mm-hmm. you don't like pumpkin pie, 
So this might not be your thing, but we make a sugar and oil-based pumpkin bread. And then I'll tell you what, having that toasted with butter in the morning, mm -hmm. beautiful. So um, what else would I do with a squash puree? Um, what, what are you thinking about? Oh gosh, it's been in there for several months now. So uh, um, I haven't been thinking about it. Um, I've been wanting to probably, I, I might do some pumpkin cheese scones maybe would mm, be fun to go. do. Um, anything uh, that my husband does not like pumpkin, which is part of why it has not been used as much. Uh, so anything that would kind of disguise that taste of pumpkin. Do the chili then. I like the do chili the idea. Yeah. 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 Um, black bean stew. Mm. Um uh, you could um, you could blend up, you could use the chickpea thing and blend up some chickpeas um, and then strongly season it um, and, and then use it as a sauce for, you know, uh, plain pasta. You don't even need mm -hmm. a cheese pasta when you have the um, beans blended into it. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Or a peanut stew is another one I've seen used. Ooh. It usually uses sweet potato usually. But I, I could probably swap in pumpkin for the sweet potato. You could definitely do that. Yeah. 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 So that's something I've been wanting to make is, is some peanut stew. I've made it a few years ago and I haven't done it since then. So. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, you've got a lot of it. So you're going to have to make a lot of different recipes or you're going to have to use something like, you know, he doesn't like pumpkin. So pumpkin soup might not be the way to go, but that would use up a lot of the pumpkin broth is to have. Um, and I'll tell you what. I don't like pumpkin is, 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 you know, rings a little bell in my head says, Oh, I will, I will find a way for you yeah. to not even. Right. So I would take a sourdough bowl. Right. And then make a pumpkin soup, but in the pumpkin soup, you've got, you know, um, shrimp and zucchini and a lot of Parmesan. And so you disguise it. I mean, even though it's a big bowl of pumpkin soup, you disguise the flavor yeah. under all those other layers, especially mm -hmm. Parmesan into that pumpkin, you're going to get that salty, cheesy, and then, you know, roast a little bit of uh, onion, put that on top, and you've nice. got a caramelized onion pumpkin soup with shrimp in a sourdough bowl, mm -hmm. and if somebody says they don't like pumpkin after that, you know, <laughs> um, they're not paying attention, because what they're eating is shrimp and zucchini yeah. and bread and cheese, and there's a little, you know, there's pumpkin to support all that. So that's what I would do that with that. Now I want to make, yeah, I want to make pumpkin soup in a bowl. That's, I might also, I might also go with the pumpkin pizza route. I've done that as well. Use it as the sauce. Oh, yeah. So for yeah. the sauce, and what would you yeah. put for the topping there? Uh, a little bit of smoked gouda would be very yeah. nice with that. Um, that would be. Yeah. Um, I would probably caramelized onions. Yep. Some little bit of sage. And I think that would oh, be, yeah, probably just that. Like, I I think that, would, I think that would be delicious, but I like pumpkin, so. Yes, I like pumpkin too. Yeah. That's good. I like that one. Yeah. So my other ones that I have, I'm not sure these these go would go together, but these are my last ones that I, I just picked up some ube extract. And I also have about nine egg whites in my freezer right now. And I have a lot of poppy seeds I need to use. Uh, poppy seeds. And egg whites, huh? So yeah. you were saying the ube extract, that's the purple mm -hmm. um, uh, potato-like yes. tuber. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's an extract. So you don't actually have yeah. the ube. You just mm -hmm. have the flavor of the ube. Yes. Well, I want, I mean, the first thing that occurs to me with the egg whites is make some sort of dessert. Um, 
especially maybe something because you could either go the bread route and make like a, a little roll, a poppy seed roll with mm-hmm. the ube. And I would add some maple syrup in there uh, to, you know, make sort of a gooey roll, a pull apart, maybe with mm-hmm. some chopped nuts on mm-hmm. top. Um, walnuts or pecans, especially. Um, or you could go the dairy route and make some sort of, um, is with the egg whites, you could make some sort of, um, not flan. Uh, you can make a souffle. You can make yeah. a um, you can make a souffle that's got a little sweetness to it um, with the poppy seeds and um, you know sugar that up some brown sugar and maple syrup and the ube extract and the egg white as a uh, risen sort of. Uh, uh, I wonder yeah. if the pop- so, flavor of poppy seeds would go with uh, with ube. I'm not really sure. So. Yeah, well, yeah. so the ube extract um, paired with the maple syrup or mm. a honey, um, I think would be very nice. And then poppy seeds would be kind of reflecting off of the maple or honey as much or more than they're off of the ube. So it might be, you know, a little bit of ube and a lot of maple, but at least you're using up the ube. So we, we just got some very nice, high quality maple syrup straight from the East Coast sent to us for Christmas. So nice. <laughs> anything that uses maple, we love maple syrup. So, there you go. Well, yeah. then, um, um, if you were to make a whole wheat pancake with ube extract, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know if the poppy seeds would be right for that one, uh, but you could definitely, um, yeah, blueberry pancakes, maple syrup ube extract the egg whites would get used up and then poppy seeds eh, not so much i would go the nut route there uh but yeah that would oh that would be good yeah i've actually got some buckwheat flour too i think somewhere buckwheat would be even better yeah yeah that would go very nicely with the with the ube i think yeah 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 poppy seeds i haven't used poppy seeds for anything and i can't even think of the last time oh a lot of sesame seeds I, I have them on hand because I make a poppy seed roll for Christmas called Makovitz. Okay. And uh, it's a Polish poppy seed dessert roll. And I make that every Christmas. So I buy poppy, I buy poppy seeds in bulk because <laughs> I, oh, oh. I make my own poppy seed paste. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Now, do you do a food processor? Uh, you want to use a spice grinder. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you got to soak them in milk. Um, and then for several hours or a day, or you can soak them in a liquor, um, but you do need to soak them and then you have to grind them. And that's, Interesting. yeah. So um, 99% of my cooking is done under time pressure mm-hmm. where I am, I have three or four hours to make, you know, four or five dishes for a client in their home. And then I got another gig like that, yep. you know, in the afternoon. So I don't do a lot of, I don't think in terms of, soaking something in milk overnight or you know all mm-hmm. my thinking is how am I gonna you know literally or figuratively grind this out in the next hour or two yeah so that I could so yeah um but a whole new world I mean you soaking poppy seeds in milk and then using a spice grinder yeah that's yeah they actually make for in Europe they have specialized grinders for just for poppy seeds uh, wow. you know but poppy seeds really aren't utilized in the u.s all that much uh, especially in desserts no. uh, but it's a wonderful flavor if you know how to utilize them so huh. no, but i grew up with it so yeah i can't think of uh 
I may have in 40 plus years of cooking, I may have never purchased poppy seeds. <laughs> and, you know, and you just can't think of a time when I might've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I, I use it's just for that one thing at Christmas and, right. um, but they're getting pretty old. I've had them for a couple of years. So, uh, they, they do need to use up because they do go bad. That's the one thing yeah. that people need to keep in mind is, is properly storing your ingredients. So you know, like things like your oils and your spices and your nuts, especially, you know, they're going to go rancid at some point. So yeah. and people, you know, they get a special bottle of pumpkin flavored olive oil for Christmas, and then they're afraid to use it because it's special. Mm-hmm. And those, that's when I go into people's homes. Those are the things I grab out from the back of the cupboard. And I say, we're going to make something special because otherwise it's just going to sit there and sit there and sit there. So, you know, um, take your pumpkin infused oil and and your and use it as a drizzle roast up some pumpkin yeah. seeds and use it as on drizzle on that bread bowl that we were talking about, yeah. you know, but find something that makes, you know, so I tell people, I say for the next month, Friday night is going to be special every, you know, so Friday night, you're going to use something from your dusty cupboards or your freezer burned freezer. And so make Friday night special in your head and then use up all those special items Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you know, it's Christmas is already settled. You know, we know what we're going to have for Christmas. We know exactly what we're going to have for Thanksgiving. We have to make our own special days to use up those special items. Yeah. So poppy seeds, you know, uh, the first thing I would make, I would make some sort of desserty bread that is different from what you make, but the poppy yeah. seeds. And can, so what else do you, can you sprinkle them on salmon and then, you know, like, I do a sesame seed encrusted salmon Ooh. or whitefish. Could you use the poppy seeds like that? I don't know. I, I've never really thought about that. I don't know if they would stick, uh, how well they would stick, but. Um, well, you spray with oil, or you put a little yeah. meal base and then you, you know, you hand press them. But yeah, mm-hmm. so um, when I make the whitefish, it's like a pearled surface yeah. of black and white sesame seeds mm-hmm. stuck to the fish and then baked. Um, nice. So yeah, oh gosh, it's so good. Yeah, I might also make bagels and make there you go. bagels. So yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty, uh, that's, you know, people, people wouldn't find that unusual at all. Yeah. Um, I made, I just recently made some lemon poppy cake, which is why I, oh, that's why I have all cake. the egg whites because it was a Genoise. And so, you know, you, I only use the egg yolks. So, okay. but I might actually just make something that's a very just poppy seed forward dessert. Um, yeah. It, like just experiment. Like, well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, after you have mashed it up in the spice grinder, after you've blended it up, if you sweetened that paste, mm-hmm. you could use that like a walnut paste. If you made yeah. some sort of, right, like a, a coffee cake, you can make a poppy seed Ooh, coffee cake. Yeah brown sugar up that paste mm-hmm. and then use that as part of the uh, layered, the crumble on the top. And, you know, you would use up your poppy seeds in no time at all. Yeah. When I, when I make it with my, for my dessert bread, it's uh, mixed with dried fruits and nuts. So oh, yeah, that would also be yeah. very nice in a coffee cake or cinnamon type roll. So cinnamon roll. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, or I have a cheddar onion roll that I make. 
And I bet that would be a very nice addition. Interesting. Yeah. Not when I wouldn't have to grind. So (laughs) that's nice. But yeah. But yeah, even like when I did it with the lemon poppy seed cake, I added the seeds to the butter when it was melting. And that's going to also help release the flavors too. So you don't need to soak it. Um, Heat will also help release uh, the flavor. Um, Okay. People people seem to think that poppy seeds don't have a flavor. They actually really do. Right. Yeah. What is the... Uh, I'm trying to think of what seed, if I'm going to make a Reuben, if I'm going to make the bread, what's the seed, fennel seeds, right? Yes, in uh, caraway. Okay. Caraway, that's, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah. um, so what I was thinking was, is you've got the flavor of the fennel and the caraway, you could, because I don't think poppy seed has a real strong flavor, no. does it? No, it doesn't. Right. So you could use that as a base. And then flavor it with something like the caraway, and then you would use up the lightly flavored, and you know add the yeah. strongly flavored, and then you would say, "Oh, it's a caraway mix." Mm-hmm. And you get the flavor out of that, but you would be using up the things yeah. you're trying to use up. Right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can just also. I, I've got caraway seeds too, um, so there you go. Um, I could actually just also make some bread to some seedy bread. So CD bread. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So that would be a really good use of it. Um, I have a bread machine, so it makes it super simple. <laughs> I, I love using it. And that would be actually be a really good use for those poppy seeds. And also some of my yeah. other seeds that I've got hanging out um, in my, in my spice cupboard. So yeah. All right. Nice. I think that those were, those were all the ones that I, I had for this, like the, the speed round type thing. Um, sure. And I, I have one final question for you, Adam. What are you cooking cooking for dinner? Um, So literally what I was saying before is my two choices for dinner are uh, salmon and broccoli and quinoa, um, which I would like. So buffalo sauce is one of my favorite flavors Mm -hmm. where I have a jar of uh, Frank's buffalo sauce and you add a knob of butter and then that melts together. So um, and so salmon and broccoli and quinoa or um, meatloaf with spaghetti and zucchini. Um, uh, so those are the two that are farthest to the left. And I, I would, did all my organizing this morning on the weekend. And so I, I will choose one of those. And that's what I have. And I also, I got some Girl Scout cookies when I was out today. So what are, what are so your favorite Girl Scout cookies? You know, uh, I grew up on the Thin Mints, but I got to say those little caramel yes. things with the coconut. Yes, those are my favorites. That's yeah. insane. Caramel delights. It's just caramel yeah. delights. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the yeah. best. Yeah. yeah I'm not are, a Thin Mint person, so caramel delights all the way. Right. Thin Mints, you know, to me, it's, cl- I mean, yeah. you put them in front of me and let them come to room temperature and the aroma of the chocolate and the mint, you know, takes me back. So I'm happy as a clam to have those, but, uh, but the, those really involved little caramel ones. And uh, I haven't bought them in a while, so. I'm standing at the table. I'm like, I don't even recognize most of these cookies. Yeah, they've got a lot of new ones. When I was, we really had like maybe five different kinds when I was a Girl Scout. Yeah. I also really love the very classic shortbread cookie that they have. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I love shortbread. I know it's very simple, but it's delicious. And it is. Yeah, and I, you can use like it in so little, many different things. Right. Um, I like a maple shortbread. I like a chocolate dip shortbread. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I make scones fairly regularly, so you know the the cross, you know the the distance between a shortbread and a scone, or yeah. an Irish uh, a, a 
white flour Irish soda bread, also very good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like making bread. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I wish I had the time to make bread more from scratch than just use my bread machine, but um right. the bread machine's really nice, especially living here where it gets a little bit colder in, in the winter time and I don't have to really have the temperature regulation for raising my bread. So right. um, I get the, you. The bread machine's nice for that. All right. So um I think we kind of kind of wrap up here. Where can sure. people find you? So I'm all over. So I also, as a side gig, I teach social media uh, basics to small businesses. So I'm on pretty much every platform as breakfast, life, and dinner. Um, you can go to my website. You can go to my Facebook page, uh, especially my Instagram. Um, and I'll tell you, my schedule has been so busy lately that I have not been posting a lot. Um, in the years prior, I've posted quite a bit to try to get to the point that I'm now where my schedule is pretty full. So that's uh, delightful, but uh, I enjoy social media. So you'll see me out there. That concludes my conversation with Adam Wisniewski from Breakfast, Life and Dinner. If you like what you are hearing, please consider subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any number of podcast apps. And please leave a review.